With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A.com. Listen to Mackie and Judd reunited right now. Yes. We've spent the entire pre-show. Thank you, Insincere Judd. Welcome back. No, I'm glad to have you back from the golf course. It's you completely just sincere. Go through the small talk motions like that. It's completely sincere. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm glad to have you back. Come on. We spent the Dave, entire pre-show right? going over possibilities for Judd's next athlete challenge. If you missed the soccer challenge, PK challenge, it's on our YouTube page, it's on our Facebook page. You might not want to watch it at this point. It was better than the basketball challenge. It was much better than the basketball challenge. Did you guys talk about this with Collar yesterday, or did you avoid it? Uh, We didn't talk about it with Collar. We talked about it with Myron on Monday. Okay. And uh, we concluded exactly that. We concluded, I had told, I told Collar for the Houston Rockets challenge, in 23 three-point shots, I had no chance. And he's like, of course 27, you do. Or 27. And I said, right. I said, I got no chance. And he's like, yes, you do. And I said, no, I don't. I have no shooting form. The the <laughs> soccer the soccer challenge, I you told... You should have watched a YouTube video. The, the Here's soc- Ray Allen. The Here's soccer challenge, I told David, I think I can beat you one out of the five. And I did. So I thought I had a chance, and, and I did. I didn't completely embarrass myself except for shot one where I fell down. I don't believe that's how it worked at all. What? I believe I said there's no way you'll get more than one. Oh, I thought I said I could don't, beat you on no, one. No, no, don't Should, feel like you. But I did beat you, you on one. Two, uh, two you out of five was the, was the stated goal yeah, you didn't agreed win this upon thing by here. everybody. But, but I did determine. I did determine that PKs in soccer with no defender in front of you are too close. The fact that I was able to get that ball on net three of the five times. And the fact that I felt so close to the goal, <laughs> I was right. I was right. If you're a professional soccer player, you should be able to score. 60% of the score. time, you hit the we giant need, box that's literally impossible to, to miss. the rule. We need to change three-pointers, by the way, perfect distance. You didn't even have Let's to worry about getting it over the net because that was impossible. <laughs> Let's move them closer on three-pointer or on, on in soccer. Let's move them farther away. Three-pointers in, in basketball are perfect. Dave, how do you feel that Judd came out of Friday's Athlete Challenge episode two thinking that he, he, he emerged victorious. How does that make you feel? Uh, that makes me feel really upset. First of all, the one he got by, I'm still a little bitter about that. I well, was flat-footed. I should have made the stop. Oh, no, if no, I had no. dove and really made the effort, I would have made the stop. But Where I was, was the effort then on Then why that? didn't you? I was flat-footed. I, well, after watching you warm up and then that first shot you kicked, you know. I fell. Yeah, you fell and you kicked it right at me. That was, I was like, I mean, do I really even have to work for this? I'm just going to wait for the ball to come right at me. And then you kicked it a you know, little over to the side. Wait a minute, what? That's not supposed to Listen go there. To the excuses now. Well, I, I, I see. Like you no, lo- it's not an excuse. You I'm telling you exactly what happened. It was my fault. I should have made the save, and I, I failed. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for the moment. If you had made the dive for that ball and stopped it, I guarantee you that, that you would still be in pain probably today. Oh, no, I'm young. I was in pain for three days. <laughs> what, what hurt? Uh, ten shots. Hamstrings? Five warm- yes. 
My legs hurt for three days. My legs hurt. They the first day a- after the soccer challenge that my legs didn't hurt was Tuesday. My so legs hurt through Monday. If we continue with the Judd Zolgat Athlete Challenge, we're gonna have to bring in like a like a training crew, right? Like mas- massage yeah, therapy. I need help. Deep tissue. Yes. The basketball challenge. I hurt my arm, <laughs> and know? that just stunk because I, I was so feeble. On this one, at least I scored a goal, but I hurt for three days. You know what it is. Oh, the gir- it's Gertie Watch. It's Gertie Watch. <laughs> oh, my hamstring. Oh, God. It's like there was a there was a goalie. Who was it? Was it? It might have been the Croatian goalie in the Croatia Russia game from like a week ago. And oh, my my hamstring. Like he kept writhing on the ground in pain. His hand, and they were out of subs. And so the controversy was you can't substitute a new goalie in. This guy's going to have to do like his hamstring is off the bone. He's going to have to play extra time for a half hour. And get into PKs. He was fine. I was just saying. And he got up. He, he got up and played. So, yeah, I'm fine. It's yeah. a miracle. Yeah, he had defenders the kicking the ball. Good idea, though. I, I could have used that on Friday. I thought. I thought ten total shots. I, I'd be fine. I had no idea that my legs would actually. And I walk on a treadmill. Okay, guys. I walk on a bleeping treadmill. So it's not like I don't try and exercise my legs. And I had three days of pain. Well, after that first one, when you hit the ground, I think my legs might be broken, but I'll, I'll try to stand up. Oh, yes. oh, they are broken. How did I fall? I still don't understand why I fell. Well, you weren't wearing cleats, so it, no, it, but it, I, the ground was a little. No, but I went to take the shot, and I took the shot, and it's not like it's not like I was going all out. So my leg didn't like exactly fly up in, in the air. And next thing I know, I'm sitting on my butt on the ground. Well, you know, Real Madrid has an opening now. Are you thinking about maybe putting in uh, maybe putting in your transfer? As long as I don't have to run. As long as I can stand in place and just shoot, I'd be fine. <laughs> ding ding. Bingo. <laughs> Polanco around third. He's coming in. And the throw over the cutoff man. And Maurer beats Maurer. Okay, so the Twins did lose yesterday. Congratulations to Kansas City on getting their first win of July. So it's July 11th. and they, So I they know. went the first 10 days of July and didn't collect a win. The Twins are what playing. What was their streak? The Twins are playing. Oh, the streak was they had won like, like three times in 20-some-odd games. Good for them. Yeah. Tanking like champions. Yes, Tanking in baseball are. doesn't help quite as much because you're going to get you're going to get the best player, but he won't help you for like four years. But well, they certainly are on course to try and do it. So uh, Derek Wetmore, fifteen hundred ESPN.com, caught up with Twins GM Thad Levine, and and they talked about Joe Maurer's status here with what twenty days until the trade deadline. We're three weeks away from the trade deadline, and Joe Maurer obviously has a full no trade clause. And even if he didn't, he's got the ten and five rights. He's been in the league for ten years, same team for five. So he has full no trade clauses up the wazoo. This is what Thad Levine said when asked about Joe Maurer potentially being in trade talks here. Would he waive the no trade clause? I think this is Thad Levine as respectfully as he can telling all the other teams, if you have interest, call us. (laughs) We probably can't call you. All right, here's what he said. All right. For the tenure that Joe has had here, all that he's meant to this franchise and the fact that he clearly has 10 and 5 no trade rights, we would feel honor bound if any club were to call us to sit down with him and express that to him and then effectively put the ball in his and his wife Maddie's court to determine how they would want us to proceed. I think in the event that we would want to move forward in a conversation of that nature, we would let another team kind of inspire it. Call us, is what he's saying. Everyone must go. I, <laughs> Everything. 
<clears throat> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. For a twin sale, a target field. Uh, yep. Ideally, Thad Levine continues, we would be presenting him an opportunity to pursue the playoffs. But just conscious of his commitment to his community, but also a desire to win, I think we would allow for him to make all those decisions rather than preemptively making any decisions on behalf of Joe and his family. Translation, if there's a playoff team out there that wants Joe Maurer, even as a part-time player, call us now. New York Yankees, make the call. Make the call. So so the immediate response is going to be, I think, when Twins fans hear this, it's going to be, well, Joe... Joe is not going to allow himself to be traded. Joe is not. Joe has been here his entire career, and he's from St. Paul, and, you know, he's typical Mauer. He's not going to want to be traded. Here's the more you think about it, it makes sense, Phil, and it makes sense if you look at the Yankees right now. And, and by the way, can we please stop? The default reaction of, of far too many people is, Mauer's no good. He's not going to help the team. No, Joe Mauer is a phenomenal first baseman. He is. He gets on base. We we're so yeah, hung up on the he's double. A bit player. We're so hung up on the double plays and and the lack of power. But Joe, if you took Joe Maurer to market right now and took him to the Yankees and asked for a reasonable return, because you're not going to break the bank, I get that. And you explain to Joe, Joe, you're going to be away from home for a couple months, but this is going to give you a legitimate chance towards the end of your career to not only make the playoffs but win a World Series. I think it makes way more sense than some people will probably give it credit for. And the Yankees are the type of team I like. I like the Yankees in this conversation because they're the type of team that like they're in the playoffs. The questions now are: Are you going to win your division? Or not? they're looking for little marginal things to get them an extra three wins here. Uh, maybe even once they get into the playoffs, they're looking for little marginal things here and there. They're looking for extra base runners for Aaron Judge and for Giancarlo Stanton. They're looking for. Great defense at first base so that if a ball one hop skips in the eighth inning, they can rely on a gold glove caliber first baseman to scoop it, right? They're not looking for a middle of the order bat. They're not looking for a leadoff hitter. They've got all those things. Absolutely. They'd just be looking for a bit player. I could even make the case to go off what you're saying that his Hall of Fame credentials pretty much hinge on a postseason run of some kind and him getting hot and adding that to his mantle, right? If, yeah, if you could, take yeah. Joe Maurer's Hall of Fame resume right now, it's very borderline. It's a 10-year Hall of Fame catching track record, and then it's like five questionable years at first base and injuries and you know the, the counting numbers. The home runs aren't there, obviously. The batting average is there. Uh, the hits, you probably got to get another. He's got 2,000 hits, but that's not really a Hall of Fame number. Right. But if you took his resume, which is borderline, and you accounted for those 10 great years, and you said, and... He, let's say, with the Yankees, because if this is getting toward the end of the line, even if he does come back for one more year with the Twins, they're not very likely to win the World Series this year or next year, right? We can we can agree. We do. I think they're going to be in contention for a playoff spot right, next year, but, but the Yankees right. are like ready to win the World Series yeah. right now. Yep. If you add it to his resume, three or four moments, ALCS, a big World Series Game 5 hit uh-huh. against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh-huh. A double down the line or something, whatever it may be, and you added that to his resume and a World Series ring. I think it pushes him over the top, or at least it comes too. much closer. If if he gets traded out east and plays for the the Yankees, think about this one: if you have a successful playoff, the eyeballs and the people that see it for sure. And and now and now, so if you could say, if you can take the the success that he had 
as a catcher with the Twins, which is which is a Hall of Fame credential type career. And now you take that and you take it for for a playoff uh, a run on the East Coast in New York. And now the people who vote are going to say, "You remember when when Maurer got traded to the Yankees and had this this success?" for this heritage franchise and potentially help them win a World Series. He doesn't even need to be great. If he is just good or very good, I think it changes it changes the dynamic completely because he goes from, from a guy who spent his entire career in the Midwest and was outstanding, but a lot of people didn't see him towards getting him in front of the maximum amount of important people to see yeah. a potential platform. And I think for people saying, oh, Maurer would crumble under the New York pressure, I think if you would have put him in New York in his prime with all those injuries, it would have been like the Carl Pavano situation where they just ride him. I think the media would have rode him throughout 2011 for sure, the bilateral leg week this season. I think if he had played five or six years with that contract, it would have been different. We're talking about a two-month rental. He wouldn't be the feature. It wouldn't be like trading for a power hitter in the middle of your life. You would be trading for a bit player. So he could go in under the radar. Little pressure, yeah. Here's the Yankees' first base situation right now. Greg Bird, who's been injured for his entire career, and the guy like broke his foot in spring training and he was out for a couple months. He's back. He's batting 207. He has 41 strikeouts in 140 plate appearances. So he strikes out basically one in every three times he comes to the plate. And uh, and he's got a few home runs, but not nothing that... This te- this roster has home runs. They're looking for guys to get on base. Uh, the Walker has played some first base for the Yankees. He's, he's not, batting 197. Yeah, he's not good. With a he's, 546 OPS. He would be DFA'd immediately if you got a guy like Mauer. Right. And then the other guy, Tyler Austin, actually played first base for the first month and a half for the Yankees. He's in the minor leagues because he was batting 223 and struck out all the time. So this makes perfect struck sense. Struck even more than Bird. They're actually looking for a first baseman. Yes. Now, there's been some rumors that Mike Moustakis, that they're after Mike Moustakis to, to put him at first base. But if I got to think, if the Yankees pick up on Thad Levine's bat signal and they call the Twins, if you're Joe Maurer, the only reason why you wouldn't say yes and wave it is if you just don't have any interest in capping your career with a World Series, right? This doesn't sound like a rental to me. This sounds like a career rebirth. Reborn Joe Maurer. Go have a nice little September, August, September in New York. Realize, hey, you know, I kind of like getting on base in front of Judge and Stanton. You know, that works out pretty well. I get some good pitches to hit. I pop some singles. They drive me in. You know, I could spend another three, four years here in the Bronx. You know, get that uh, get that career average back up a little bit, score a bunch more runs, win a ring or it. two, are you get s- myself to Cooperstown without any question. Are you saying a second a possible coming of Broadway Joe? I'm saying maybe another three or four years <laughs> in New York. Mauer changes his tone, changes he suddenly becomes this character. Yes. He's out at night, he's on he's he's on the front page of the post. He grows as much facial hair as the Yankees will allow, so he'll grow a mustache. <laughs> Right, you, can grow, you can do a mustache, right? <laughs> can you imagine the mental image of Maurer with a mustache? Hey, and some uh, killer sideburns again. The sideburns going up to uh, spring training. Got this, uh, you know, uh, little cookie duster here. Um, <laughs> you know, duster. works out pretty nice uh, with the chocolate chips and the milk uh, to dunk. Like the milk to stay in there, a little flavor saver. <laughs> <laughs> it's a match made in heaven. It, it's, it's 10 years too late, but it's a match made in heaven. Fifth <laughs> Avenue, Joe. I think it works. I think it works beautifully. Let's make this happen. Come on. The Twins aren't going anywhere. Thad Levine's trying to. 
this is totally I a bad I thought he signal. would tell Derek no comment. We, Wetmore instead he basically said, no, no, somebody call me. We aren't allowed to broach this conversation unless you Yankees, Cardinals, Mariners, <laughs> call us first. You know what? Forget Ro- Rosie to the All-Star game. Let's no, get to Joe the to the Big Apple. That's <laughs> yes. what we need to do. Let's start the hashtag. You start the hashtag right now All on right. Twitter. All right. Joe to the Big Apple. Joe to the Big or, Apple. I don't know. Is there something more clever we'll and think, catchy? Let's think of one. But we got to get something. Okay. We're going to start this. It's going to go viral. At least five people are going to retweet this. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, 651-646-8255. Open phone lines this hour. We're back full strength. That's debatable. 877-615-1500. TCL Broadcast Studios. Raphael Palmero. I was all excited for Raphael Palmero last night. Guy drew three walks two nights ago. Yep. And apparently he didn't play because no. he's 53 and old and banged up. No, you didn't get him. Nope, didn't I don't know. Play. It's a day game today, so who knows if he's going to play today. Uh, but also more on Twins trade possibilities. There's some Brian Dozier rumors we can get to. And Judd has a great idea for the NFL we're going to get to later this hour, too. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. And we're out. On 1500 ESPN. Um. Now, back to Mackie and John. Hello, boys. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. So what do you think? It's <laughs> pretty cool, I guess. On 1500 ESPN. Bingo. <laughs> Polanco around third. He's coming in. And the throw over the cutoff man. And Maurer beats Maurer. What's a New York area code? Um, Is it 212? Two one two. I thought I'll check. What about, I, I we're looking for two one two. We're looking for Mauer hashtags here. So so uh, hashtag Broadway Joe Mauer. We're trying to get into the Yankees. Yeah, because Thad Levine two one two works. Yeah. Okay, so yep. six four three to two one two. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. No four four six three four four six three four six three. Yeah, it's four. He pulls it. Okay. That's a terrible, terrible thing to say. It's very funny, but just awful. I was wondering where you're going okay, with the area how code about, thing. How about soft? Soft L7 to 212. Could do that one, too. No, you're trying to sell the attributes of Jolton, <laughs> Joel. I, I like Mauer. A, I like Mauer to Manhattan. That's pretty good. Yeah, we got that one a couple times. Let's make this happen, okay? Thad Levine clearly throwing out the bat signal. Hey, we're in conversations for, for all our players, but we can't. There's this there's this cloud you, over Joe Mauer that you have to call us on Joe Mauer because he has a no-trade clause. I'm really impressed. Have you ever seen a baseball executive go uh, so in-depth on a quote about that? When, oh, it, it's him begging Derek, for a trade. Derek and I talked about this a couple of days ago, and I said, I think they're just going to tell you that all those conversations are private, and you know the Twins don't talk about those things, and teams don't talk about those things. And then, and then I, I looked at a story this morning, and Thad's basically quoting chapter and verse on, well, Joe would then go home to Maddie and the kids, and they'd talk about it. And yeah. that, but, but, I mean, if they're okay with it, yeah, we'll I mean, trade him. I mean, he's flat out saying, we'd love to trade him, but it's the, the power is not in mm-hmm. our hands. The power is in his hands, and quite frankly, the power is really in his wife's hands, Maddie. <laughs> Which but is fine. You could find a nice condo Yankee in New York. Yankee Stadium area code, by the way, 718 is the one to actual Yankee Stadium. Okay, so, so it's 463 in uh, the 718. That's what that'll what work. Be. Uh, 651 <laughs> Is that a rap song or something? <laughs> hey, Joe, Joe likes rap, right? He loves rap. Wasn't that a big story when he came into the big leagues, like how much Joe loves rap? He just listened yes. to the same 90s rap that all of us did. <laughs> just crushing rapper's delight <laughs> nonstop. He supposedly rapped, though, right? I thought Can that we was the story. That? Did he I really? That, I thought the story was that 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 the cabin he's got that no, no one knows exactly where it's located or something. It was like it's like a he record had like studio. A studio. 
I, that he wrapped at. <laughs> I swear that's a story. Maybe he just likes plastic wrap. He loves leftovers. <laughs> he does. He runs, <laughs> Reynolds wrap. Yes. Jess Myers, hashtag Bronxway Joe. Bronxway Joe. I like okay. that. That's pretty good. That'll work. That's very good, Jess. We got, we got uh, Broadway Joe Mauer, Bronxway Joe. Ooh, we got right. Mauer to Manhattan, uh, 463 in the 718. All t-shirts. Uh, Billy in Minneapolis, you're on the show. Hey, as long as we're uh, talking Mauer and uh, with the wishful thinking on his behalf, uh, I have a question. It's always kind of uh, intrigued me a bit. Do you think he would have been better off playing football, basketball, or did, did he make the right choice of baseball? It's just kind of I've always thought that. He made the right choice. Thanks, Billy. In my opinion, Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's all subjective. He made the right choice playing baseball. The guy has raked in $218 million in his career to date. And if he wants to play again next year, he'll make a couple million dollars. So he'll make $220 million just in baseball salary for his career. Yeah. And if you're a football player, there's no guarantees that he would have gone through Florida State and become this top quarterback. Who knows? I mean, he was the number one overall pick in the draft as a baseball player and made $220 million and has a borderline Hall of Fame resume. And concussions in football for him? If he's playing quarterback? Yeah, I mean, concussions have been an issue for him sure. in baseball, though, too. Sure, but in football, I'm, my guess is it, it probably would have been worse. So, no, I think he absolutely made the right call. Uh, the other rumor that's out there, Mike Berardino had this yesterday. I saw from the Pioneer Press and, and TwinCities.com. There might have been others who reported this, but uh, Brian Dozier is... Okay, so the, the Dodgers are are interested or kicking the tires again on Brian Dozier. And, and the Twins and the Dodgers were in conversations two off-seasons ago like 15, 18 months ago about Dozier. The last time these two teams engaged in talks, Jose DeLeon was really the centerpiece. The Twins wanted Cody Bellinger, obviously. The yeah. Dodgers were right to not trade Cody Bellinger for Brian Dozier. Wasn't going to happen, yep. And, uh, and, and talks kind of fizzled. And so part one of this is, well, if they could only get Jose DeLeon two seasons ago for two full years of Brian Dozier, what could they get for rent at Brian Dozier now? And he's had a bad first half of the year. Here's my theory. You tell me what you think about this. I think this is actually a good spot for the Twins to be negotiating with the Dodgers. Maybe not. I, mean, I think two years ago, you should have been able to get more than just kind of a, an A-minus pitching prospect for a guy who's one of the best hitting infielders in baseball. Mm-hmm. But the Dodgers are more desperate now than they were 18 months ago. 18 months ago, they knew they were they had a playoff caliber roster, and they, you know, they, they knew that they could go to the trade deadline if they needed to later on that year and make a deal. They weren't going to... That's why they settled on on Logan Forsythe or whoever it was instead of Brian Dozier. Race. Yep. This time around, if the playoffs started today, the Dodgers wouldn't be part of the bracket. The Dodgers would be a non-playoff team right now, three weeks before the trade deadline. They're also trying to hold off in the wild card. So they're a game and a half back of the Diamondbacks in the division. Yep. And then in the wild card race, they're trying to hold off like the Rockies, the Giants. There's three or four teams right nipping on their heels. So they they're desperate just to get back into the playoffs, which means they got to make a move or two. Unless they feel comfortable now that Paul Goldschmidt has woken up in Arizona, unless they feel comfortable just taking their roster and going toe to toe, they have to make a move or two to get themselves up on a different level. They've had injuries to pitchers, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller. So I think the Dodgers are in kind of a desperate situation to maybe overpay for a player that they weren't comfortable overpaying for a couple of years ago. I'm not saying you're going to get the top pitching prospect in the organization, but I think there's a chance they could give you something of substance for Brian Dozier. Where, where does Doge fit there? Because they, they've got the Muncie kid now has played great since he got called up, mm-hmm. and, and he's playing second base, I believe. So I guess my question would be, would he would he 
would Muncie be moved to a different position or where? And I also think that all of these teams probably talking about Dozier are are in on or most are in on the Machado sweepstakes. And so that's got to play out first. Yeah. So once he's traded to a team, which could be the Brewers um, or Yankees, but once that's done, I'm guessing that this is going to become clear where Brian's going. But but I think there is no question as much as as much as our guy Doge right now wants to talk about. Well, the season's not nearly over yet, and look what we did last year. I think there is no doubt this time he's going to be traded. Yeah, I mean, just, this is not going to be, uh, well, we're starting to rally. No, sorry. Yeah, so Muncie, let's see here. Muncie has played so far this year, he has played only nine games at second base. They've had him at first base, third base. He can play some outfield. So Dozier I think could view, become your permanent second baseman and that this yeah, kid could move around. I think they view Muncie, right. I mean, Muncie's been one of their best. I think they view Muncie as a guy who could play six different places if needed. And maybe, right. maybe he becomes sort of what... Eduardo Escobar has become to the Twins where you can move them all over the place. But that's why, I and not to mention, if you go back, Dozier hasn't been amazing lately, but Dozier, the last 20 games, he's got a handful of home runs. His OPS is creeping back toward 900 over that stretch. So he's he's looked in the last 20 games, the last month, much more like the Brian Dozier that we've grown accustomed to like in bulk. Right. And again, I, th- I still think you could sell to them Guys, look at his production in total the last four or five seasons and look where he's at right now. You know that there's a two month stretch that's gonna carry you to the division championship. And so we're gonna we're gonna factor that into his trade value. I mean, you have to play that card if you're the twins. So uh, take a Joe for a second and let, let's say that, that the twins have uh, five eminently tradable commodities at this point. Duke, Rodney, Dozier, Lynn, and uh, and potentially and th- this might be of a stretch, Lomo. Yeah. How would you? All right, let's take it down to four. Let's let's take Lomo out. I think Gibson is. Let's take him. I out. would put Gibson on that. Okay, list. then put Gibson on that, that list. I would. I would probably look to. Trey how Gibson. would you? How would you rank those five guys if you include Kyle as far as as interest from other contending clubs right now? Who could you get? And and I don't think that you're going to break the bank for any one of those five. So it's not like you're going to get three guys back. But if you were to rank those five right now as far as going to the market and trying to trade them, how would you rank them? Um, I would say Gibson, number one, just because he has a year and a half left under team control. Mm-hmm. He's a good, solid. He's become, in the last 12 months, just a really good number three starter who gets strikeouts now. He's just kind of a different pitcher. Mm-hmm. And if and he's 30 years old, so if, the, if you don't think you're going to sign him to an extension, it probably makes sense to trade him right now to a team that would have interest. So I'm going to put him number one. Mm-hmm. I would still put, even though he hasn't hit anything in the last three weeks, I would still put Escobar ahead of Dozier because he, he's streaky traditionally. You have to think that both Dozier and Escobar are going to have some kind of a hot streak in the second half of the year, so that kind of washes out. But Escobar can play anywhere. You could play Escobar. He could be your starting third baseman, starting shortstop, starting second. He could play left field in a pinch if you needed him to. Yep. Didn't he play center field once like two years ago for the Twins? He's played oh, everywhere. He probably did, yeah. Uh, so I I would put him second, Dozier third, and then probably, man, probably Duke fifth because he's a lefty and teams are just looking for these little specialist relievers, mm-hmm. and and then Rodney uh, fifth on that list. But I think the smart move is to tie these relievers to the position players or to Gibson. So if you tie Dozier to Duke or Escobar to Rodney, mm-hmm. you could get a better prospect in return than if you were to just trade. All of these guys separately to different teams, and Duke could be a valuable playoff pickup, right? Because he he's a guy that, that yeah. can come in and get a left-handed batter out. He can get righties out too. I mean, he yeah. could, he could pitch against. Both. So I think Duke 
Duke's not going to get you a ton, but I think he might get you more than you expect, given his his specialty. And Rodney could come in and not be a closer for a contender, but you could definitely plug him in as a guy who could come in in, in the seventh or eighth and get some key outs. Mm-hmm. So they do have they do have some guys that they can definitely trade, and and I'm just curious when they're going to start, because to me, there's no way that that this front office is looking at wins against Baltimore and Kansas City and saying, oh, I'm going to take this seriously. I think you look at this and say, all right, I like to see guys perform well because it ups their value. This is what's tough for the Twins is, if let's take the Yankees, for example, and let's just use the Joe Maurer. I mean, it's up to Joe Maurer, but by the way, uh, ex-Twins News on Twitter just sent us a Photoshop job. Doesn't Joe look nice in the Yankees uniform? Look he, at the pinstripes He on is him. a Yankee. He lo- No, he is. He, it's he perfect. Does. He's got, he looks natural in the Yankees hat there. You sure it's Photoshop? <laughs> just taken. In the Bronx. He waved the claws last night. Maybe. <laughs> hey, Thad, it's Joe. I've been thinking. Always wanted to play for the Bombers. Oh, here's here's the real question, Dave Harrigan. What would John Sterling's call be? When, wow. when Joe did oh, hit that one home run. Because oh he the, would the pop one. one out of there. To left. Oh, for sure. I mean, Yankee Stadium, he's going to pop a it's couple a lot, out. It's a lot easier to hit him out. Yeah. He, he would, it's a band box. You know, he would probably hit a few out just to... To the jet stream in left field? First one that comes to mind, and I think we can do better. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Say it is show is so, Joe. Oh. Dang it, I ruined it. Wow. I mean, we could try that again. He's got to be careful with the Joe references, because there is another famous Joe that was a Yankee. Not sure if you've heard and, of him. And to me, Who's that? they're very similar. No idea who you're talking about. They're very similar. Jolton Joes, think about it. Could you not see Maurer being go Mr. Coffee? Mr. Coffee in 30 years. Joe Maurer here for Mr. Coffee. <laughs> he just liked DiMaggio. Did DiMaggio do Mr. Mr. Oh, Coffee? Oh, yeah, he was famous for that. In fact, he, he, he was Mr. Coffee spokesman when I was a kid. But he was always understated. Yeah. Didn't really like to talk a lot. Maurer and DiMaggio have, have characteristics that were very similar. Uh, did they both date the... Clear cut, most popular and oh, no. sought after woman Just in the country. Just one of them. Just well, no, no offense he, to Maddie, but actually, you know what though? You know what? In Maurer's defense, didn't he uh, miss uh, a junior North Carolina or something? Yeah. So yeah, I'm telling you, if you think about it, perhaps you break out DiMaggio's uh, number for Joe. Say it is so, Joe. Maurer has the power to left. Wow. And the Yankees take a 5-1 lead. Maurer power. That's pretty good. Maurer power. I like that. That's good. That's pretty good. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. No, 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 I got no. You. Now. I need it now. Yes. I can't wait. Mackie and Judd. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You go low, I'll go high. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Polanco around third, he's coming in. And the throw over the cutoff man, and Maurer beats Maurer. One more thing on this, then we're going to get to, Judd has a great idea for the NFL. Mark emails the show. Dave's got a lot of rhymes. We call him LOL Mark because he likes to sprinkle in LOLs in his emails. He hate listens to the show every day. We love you, Mark. Mark says, LOL, <laughs> give up on the Mauer propping up. Everyone I, everyone I play town team with, Little League parents, etc., have nothing good to say about your boy Joe. He's thought of as a lazy guy who finds any way he can to sit out. If you hit into a double play during a game, we call it a Mauer. 
in your find a 12 pack. Mauer, LMAO. It's the best email of the week. <sighs> we're talking how long we're talking about us uh, like what a two, two and a half month stint here. We're not talking about him going to Yankee Stadium necessarily and becoming a longtime Yankee. Unless he does. This actually unless he plays till he's listen, Jeter age. Listen, this is this is fun to speculate and talk about, but it makes sense too. It does. It, it's reckless it speculation really mixed with a damn good idea. Reckless speculation. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Oh, way to go, Joe. Mauer, the man of the hour. And the Yankees take a 6-3 lead. There it is, right there. That's that's the one. <laughs> I'm in awe. I'm in awe right now. Davy Sterling. <laughs> Oh, I've got so many. Oh, I can't wait. Let's, let's, let's take one more right now. We'll take one more. It right is now. high. It is far. It is gone. Mauer power to left. Joe with a magnificent blow. And the Yankees are up 9-5. to five. Oh, my. You, you've got to get to the Bronx if this happens. You've got to work with this forget Susie Waldman. Forget I'm Susie. I'm in the booth. You should be in the booth with yes. Sterling. Those were both very solid Thank John you Sterling calls. Uh, the first one was outstanding. <laughs> I love the first one. That's pretty good. Uh, you, uh, yeah. you you floated a great so, idea before the show that the, the, the NFL should copy the NBA. Yeah, so I was uh, uh, I have fallen in love with the fact that the NBA is doing such a good job with its product now that they are marketing almost constant coverage of summer league basketball and, and more power to them. But ESPN and the NBA... Network are essentially showing what four games a day a piece right now, and and they they're selling it. Celtics Lakers tonight on ESPN. Tune in in prime time. Uh, uh, the highlight shows now yeah. start with start with we had a matchup of the Suns number one pick. Forget baseball. Forget. So I'm thinking to myself, the NBA has taken its summer league and it's gone from this Las Vegas sort of cultish. It's been known, but not that popular to in the last, I don't know now, five years or so, becoming a mainstream, I, I bet ratings-wise, it's topping baseball, not surprisingly. And for everyone who complains about the NBA and competitive balance, you're all watching something that's filled with prospects. Guys trying to make teams. NBA TV, by the way, starting at 12.30 today. Actually, the first one's a repeat, but they're going to run 12-plus hours of Summer League nonstop. ESPN and ESPN2, mm-hmm. after Wimbledon is over, they start summer league at five o'clock and run through the night, I believe. Yeah. So two main sports channels are getting hours and hours a day of summer league, and there might only be two recognizable players on any given roster. And if I am uh, not mistaken about this, the NBA summer league in Las Vegas runs from something like July fifth or seventh through the seventeenth, and so they crown a champion on the last day, and then it's done. So here's my thought: National Football League, what are you doing? Why not copy this and do the exact same thing? And let's say you go for three weeks. Let's say you go for a month and, and you have the exact same formula coming up next. It's the Bengals and the Steelers, and it's going to be all prospects trying to, to make teams. Keep in mind, the rosters going into training camp currently are 90 men, 90 men, Bengals against the Steelers. 
Joey Schmo, the quarterback for the Steelers from some godforsaken college, is going to be taking on the Bengals defense, which is led by the best defensive back from Division Three, St. Thomas in Minnesota. Why don't they copy this? And yeah. and you can use. I mean, you could even draw a line on draft picks. So if I don't want to endanger my first round yeah. or my top two picks, that third round picks on and prospects play. And you can. It makes too could, much sense. And teams could decide that if they want to. Sure. Right? So yeah, I I really like this idea. So the NBA summer league. I don't think it was always this popular. I think it it, it really took off maybe a few years ago, three or four years ago. Yes. I'm trying to think of the the players that really set it off. If Anthony Davis was one of them, but sometime and in the last year, keep in mind star players show up to watch too, oh, which yeah. helps. Yeah, Chris. So Chris Paul has a relationship with Josh Okogie, the Wolves' first round pick, and so he was watching courtside yesterday. Kevin Durant shows up to these games. There's all kinds of NBA players, but they pack arenas. Mm-hmm. They're playing in the Thomas and Max. They're playing in like two or three different arenas in Vegas, right? Yep. So they're packing arenas with ten, fifteen thousand people. You're getting. ESPN channels and NBA TV hours and hours a day of, of so the the TV ratings are clearly there. If you take this to your idea to the NFL, you could get rid of so you got four preseason games right now. I think you get rid of two of those preseason games. I didn't think of this and I like this a lot. So this would be a compromise like the veteran players would love it because we don't have to play four preseason games, we can play two and you could still sprinkle in the rookies and the unproven guys too. So maybe the the veterans play the first half in two preseason games. And then they go into their 16-game schedule. But you block off the month of June. So basically, uh, you get your your mini camps and your OTAs, and then they kind of bleed into a two- to three-game summer league schedule. Mm-hmm. And you'd have you, – you would you would probably have to bring in more fringe roster guys. You'd have to expand rosters to like 100 because yeah. you'd, you'd have to shave off like 20 veterans because this would – maybe the games are shorter too. Maybe the games aren't fifteen minute quarters. Maybe the maybe the games are like ten minute quarters or something. Sure. But you would have a longer look at rookies and unproven guys in game settings. You would give veterans a break during the actual preseason. Um you would maybe generate hundreds of millions of dollars say, in T V revenue, right? And and networks would fall all over themselves yeah. to show this. ESPN yes. would give would the the unfortunate thing for guys like us is baseball's in trouble. Baseball's not doing so great. And so when the NBA has its its summer league games and we see those players, we might think to ourselves, well, it's not that great, but people will watch it. Imagine if you take the most popular sport in this country and for one month say, we are going to give you, and they, they would do this, we are going to sell you Packers, Vikings. And now you have not heard of the players. I get that. But people would watch, networks would televise, and it would make millions of dollars. Yes, and and maybe you hold the Dalvin Cook types out, but honestly, it doesn't. Obviously, it doesn't matter who the players are because people are watching NBA Summer League. If you just had logos on helmets and it was seventh round draft picks and undrafted guys, fans would flock because they want to see names for the you. Stephon, the next Stephon. I Diggs. got names for you. Johnny Manziel would play. He would. Josh Freeman would play. <laughs> oh and my I, God! And out of a wicked, nasty <laughs> curiosity, I think people would watch it. And it's possible that uh, maybe Trevor Simeon might be a little bit, he's a little bit more accomplished because he started games in the NFL, but um, who was that one the, guy? McLeod Bethel Thompson from a few years ago would, yes. would essentially start two two of the three games Kyle or Slaughter something. would play. Yeah, you get to see a lot of them. RG3? Bingo. Get back in there. Is he on a team yet? What's his deal? No, I don't think he is. I don't think so he's he He's just is. out of the league now. I think he he's is. He's on the Ravens. 
Oh, he's with the Ravens. Oh, he's all right. They did sign him. Okay. But he still might play. But he'd, he'd be the exact yeah, type of you, guy. Because you want to get a look at him. Yep. And then once and then once the two preseason games, the traditional ones, let, let's say those are in like mid-August or something, and then you get a two-week break until week one of the regular season. That's for the the players who are going to be on your first and second team offenses and defenses to ramp up. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the fourth quarter is junk time for the guys you already evaluated in June. Mm-hmm. This is a win-win for the players. Because then some of these guys get more money because the TV revenue comes in and they're, and they're splitting up high, like 50-50 or whatever it is. So fans win because you get more football and fans want more football. Mm-hmm. The veterans win because they don't have to play as many preseason games. The rookies win because they get better tape and and more of them get to participate. Um I think coaches would win too because they get to evaluate their rosters better. Oh yeah, and they TV get networks win, like, and they get in game in game film. They'd love it. Who's the loser here? Am I missing something? I think this is a great idea. I can't think of one. Can you, David? <laughs> yeah, Major League Baseball. Yeah, <laughs> no, <not> true. <laughs> They're the loser. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, baseball. Because football's taking over June. That's Not only right. Is week two crushing your postseason. <laughs> we're now taking your regular season two with seven on sevens. Well, coming up next on FS1, it's the Royals and Twins. You know what? I'll watch the fake Packers and Vikings <laughs> but like, play. Like to Dave's point, you could you could literally do if you wanted. Let's say you didn't want the hitting. Okay, let's. The, the players are going to say that's this is great, but we don't want to risk injuries and stuff in June. To Dave's point, you could make it a seven on seven passing. Preseason rookies and basically veterans who have no chance to make rosters. Yes, right. To could play. To wow, might be this might be beneath. And people would well, watch he's playing that in too. that flag football league now that's going on yeah. with a bunch of old vets. Wow, yeah, yeah you could do it. I th- I think a month of summer league football with tackling would work perfectly, and I would watch. All of oh, them. I would too. And you could you could almost set it up, especially if you had if the games instead of being three hours were like two and a half hours because the quarters were twelve I, or ten minutes. I like the idea of the quarters being cut down. I think that that's a solid yeah. idea. So you could pack in. You could do triple headers, and I don't know if you do. Maybe it's triple headers or because you'd have to do uh, over the course of like a week. So you'd have three weeks. Let's say it's on Saturday and Sunday, and you would have. 16 games per week. So you have eight games on one day. You take three networks and you air three games on every network or something. ESPN, the Fox of a Sports day. 1. And, and they can compete with third. each other. Yeah. And, and they just and they just and here's the scary run thing. red zone. Oh, my God. <laughs> and here's the <laughs> and scariest thing. Instead of Scott thing. Hansen, it's like the unproven guy. <laughs> just disheveled. Fantasy football would find its way into. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. What? I want that guy on the uh, on Tennessee who's going to be the third guy who used to be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, that guy. I want you know, him. That guy. I want the, sp- the stay-at-home dad. Give him to me. <laughs> so this would just be the XFL, but better, essentially. Yeah, because and, and plus you'd, you'd be... You could sell this as, as this could be the potential future of the game. Yeah. You you are see you are seeing the Thelans. You just don't know who they are. <laughs> right, the Adam Thelans. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, Roger Federer dropped the third set here, Uh-oh. grinding in the fourth against a Russian with the last name of Anderson, which is interesting. That's not a Russian last name. The uh, he's part of the Scandinavian Russians. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Uh, we have prop bets coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Dan Hayes on Twins. Brian Murphy on Rafael Palmero later on, too. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. I swear it will be done. I swear it will be done. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. 
We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. Do you have hot sports takes? Aren't afraid to share your opinions on the local clubs? And maybe you want your own show on 1500 ESPN. If you say yes to all of that, well, 1500 ESPN's Sportscaster Idol is for you. We're holding a competition to find our next host with the winner receiving their very own show for one full year. Start working on your audition. Entries will be accepted starting this coming Monday, July 16th. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Yeah, I think, uh, well, we have a couple talkers in play here. Joe Maurer to the Yankees. We got the hashtag started here. Hashtag Maurer to Manhattan. Hashtag... Broadway Joe Maurer. A couple people are asking here. Well, why would this is a make? Why, why would the Yankees want Maurer? Well, their first base situation is kind of a disaster. Uh, secondly, they probably wouldn't have to give up much if they ate some of the contract, right? Yep. yep. Uh, thirdly, he still gets on base even though he doesn't really do a whole lot. He gets on base and plays a really good defensive first base. They're just looking for little role players to put them over the top of the Red Sox. They're they're looking for seventh inning of an ALCS game. Okay, what what happens if a shortstop skips a ball to Greg Bird? Yeah, Joe Mauer Joe, makes scoop, the play. Joe scoops yes, it. Yes. Uh, what happens if we just need a really good at bat against a tough pitcher? Well, Joe Mauer takes one, right? I don't know. Or he hits I think, it I out. think there's potential think for maybe a lot he hits of exc- a bomb. It's I possible. Think he might hit a bomb. That's a band box. Remember that. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Mauer, the man of the hour. Tip your chapeau to Joe. And the Yankees take a 5-4 lead. (laughs) (laughs) You know he uses it. Come on. Apple. He should be taking notes. He right speaks now. in Italian for Giancarlo Stanton, the does. guy who's True. anything but actually Italian. <laughs> He's eighty. He doesn't really. That's it's hard to see. That's my second favorite call right now. It's pretty good. I, I like your first one of last segment the most. That's my second one now. Thank good. you very much. That's very very solid. Six five one six four six eight two five five. We're also talking. Uh, Judd has a, a bright idea. We all pretty much agree with here. The NFL should copy the NBA and do summer league with young players, like six round draft picks. Get rid of two preseason games in August and put two or three of them in June and take over. Kurt, hey, you're on the show. Hey guys, uh, thanks for giving me the call. Sure. I uh, I absolutely love the idea. I at first I was like, what? And then I'm thinking about it. It's like that is the greatest idea I've ever heard. Wow, Judd. But I'm going right to go now. wet blanket on it here for a second. The owners, no way they're going to give up two home games uh, to uh, or a home game on preseason where they make full price on tickets. And uh, I think that's going to be your stumbling block. Okay, good, good point, but I'll come back with this one. What if you do a, a new type of TV deal and, and you actually exceed the income? Because keep in mind, it's all shared by the teams. So you exceed the income that would come in from that home game that you're going to lose through TV, and you also still recoup some of what you lost from the in-game, a preseason game in the late summer through the tickets that fans buy to attend these games. Well, it sounds good, but there's no, I don't think there's any way you could recoup that. I, I just don't think that... The TV deal might. Like in Orlando, Kurt, if they're playing half court, it, it ain't going to, it, it's not going to generate that kind of money. Well, I, Curte brings up, I mean, obviously, you could do the math on the finances. I, we'd have to know, okay, what, 
what does each team bring in on average if they put 70,000 people in a in a stadium for preseason and some of those tickets are tied to season ticket packages and stuff so it might be hard to parse apart for us anyways not knowing but you're right if if a TV deal was 500 million dollars or something or whatever it would be and it all would get shared 200 million dollars would that spread across 31 teams make up for a preseason home game cuz it'd be one home game for each right cuz you you take you take essentially one home preseason yeah. game away from each team. Yeah. Yes. I got to think that the math works out on this. And and you get to take over June. That's what I was going to say. That's see don't never un- underestimate that that for the good of the league we're talking about now putting your foot on baseball's throat even more. Yeah. And and you know you, you're seeing what basketball is doing. So you're thinking to yourself, "Well, hold on a second. It's basketball, which is incredibly popular, but it's not football." So in all of these things, I think if you just think, well, the guys that own these teams aren't going to want to lose one preseason home game apiece, that's a bit short-sighted when the real thought would be, hold on a second, we can do a potential new TV deal here with a network or two, and furthermore, we can take June, and because football has done such a good job, right, of, of taking dead months now, and put and putting their sport as the focus. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're talking about it being the focus with actual games that you can recoup uh, TV cash for. So, yeah, so there's a lot to be sold here. So you'd have playoffs in January, Super Bowl and Combine in February, March free agency, April speculation leading up to draft, and then May and June would be off-season workouts, mini camps, OTAs, and, and your ga- summer and league. And then games you'd put on. Yeah, and then summer league. And then July would be dead for a few weeks. It'd be like a three-week dead period, and then training camp would start. Absolutely. And now your season is back in the yes. mix. Ab- to me, it absolutely makes sense. Pretty good. All right, we got Minnesota sports prop bets when we, and over-unders when we come back here. Dan Hayes on Twins at 1130, and uh, Brian Murphy on the visiting 53-year-old masher Raphael Palmero later on to Mackie and Judd TCO Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN.